Welcome to A Slice of SEL, a podcast for educators about social-emotional learning. Welcome to A Slice of SEL. We're the SEL services team at the St. Croix River Education District. I'm Courtney. I'm Rye. And I'm Nick. We're continuing our focus on educator self-care, and we're focusing specifically on emotional well-being. So to recap, last week we talked about how stress can feel like an overwhelming swarm of bees. Our minds juggling all these things we're anxious or upset about. Right, but when we list them out or tell them to someone, they're oftentimes not so overwhelming. It's not a swarm of bees anymore, it's just a few bees laying there in front of us. So yeah, it's super important to just get those thoughts out of our heads and express them. Um, and this week, we're going to keep talking about those thoughts, but we're going to focus more on what's happening inside of our minds. And, you know, whether we recognize it or not, we're always telling ourselves a story all day long. You can call it your inner monologue, whatever you want. But we're talking about how do we make that an empowering story that helps us versus one that compromises our resilience. Before we get to that, though, what's filling our buckets today, guys? Um, for me, I've been reading a lot lately. I started a new series and actually I'm almost done with it. Um, I really like to read fiction. It helps me get myself out of my own head. So that's been really helping me a lot. What about you, Rye? Uh, last weekend, I broke every unwritten rule about uh, no Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving. And I brought out all of our Christmas decorations and put the tree up and it was like magic for my emotional health. So we're full Christmas spirit here at the Boostrom House. I think there's every reason to, to start that earlier this year. I'm on that side of things. Um, I'm a like anytime after Halloween kind of person is cool to put up that tree because it is so nice and calming to have those twinkly lights. So you go Rye and you send us a picture of it and it looked amazing. So beautiful. Um, my bucket is being filled by my beautiful, glorious, adorable shepherd dog, Myla. She's our brindle, a 50 pound little girl and uh, just the, the love of our lives. And uh, it's just so nice to have dog snuggles every day on the daily, um, but especially during the pandemic to release stress. Um, so it just also makes me really happy that just during the pandemic, the rate of pet adoption has gone up. So we're giving more pups and kitties homes. I love that. Um, so we are talking about the stories that we tell ourselves, those stories in our minds and how we interpret what's going on around us. So uh, these stories can make us more or less resilient. Um, before we dive in, let's talk a little bit about resilience. Yeah, and you know, we, we're calling this kind of our self-care series and we're focusing specifically on emotional well-being, but we're all about connections uh, at SCRED. And really when we've been talking about emotional well-being, we've been talking about resilience at the same time. Uh, and Courtney and Rye and I have been reading this book, um, Onward, by Elena Aguilar, as part of this MDE grant um, group that we're in. And that book, Onward, is about cultivating emotional resilience for educators. And before, before I talk any more about that, um, before this episode, I was Googling uh, and YouTubing to make sure that I was pronouncing Elena Aguilar correctly. And then Rye rightly pointed out that I could have just thought of Christina Aguilera and it would have been really easy. <laughs> But, uh, problem solved. Um, but anyway, uh, Elena Aguilar is a uh, instructional coach, um, former teacher, um, woman of many talents, but her definition of resilience is how we as educators weather the storm 
um, in our lives and bounce back from any setbacks. So it's not about, you know, everything's perfect and rosy all the time. It's about handling what life throws at us and all the challenges and being able to bounce back from them. And the important thing she emphasizes is like our resilience isn't fixed. It's not like you're born with a set amount of resilience. It's flexible. So it's, it's little choices, big choices that we make. It's habits that we build. So that probably sounds familiar. If you've listened to the last couple episodes, we've been talking about these small choices we make, these habits we build, and that's how we promote emotional well-being. But at the same time, yes, it's how we promote our resilience. Yeah, and you might be interested in that book onward, but we're not gonna say that you have to read such and such during a pandemic because many of the techniques covered in onward are included in our common strategies toolbox and on the SEL website. Yeah, and of the techniques that um, Elena Aguilar covers in that book, Onward, one of, uh, one of the things I like about the book is that it, it is backed by science. Um, she's not blowing smoke at you. Like everything that she's recommending is scientifically based. Um, she doesn't emphasize that. Uh, it's not um, very obvious when you read it, um, but it does have a scientific basis. So when we're talking about the stories we tell ourselves, for example, what she's really talking about is uh, concepts from cognitive behavior therapy or CBT. You just may have heard of that before. It's a very, very, very popular therapeutic technique with a tremendous amount of research support. Um, and also just those, those concepts from CBT are infused in pretty much every SCL curriculum that the three of us have looked at. So if you've ever mm -hmm. talked to a kiddo about use your positive self-talk, that's you know, based in that theory of CBT. And that's kind of what we're gonna talk more about today. Yeah, and one of the main ideas in Aguilar's book and in uh, CBT is that our thoughts and our emotions and our behavior, um, it's all linked. So they all influence each, influence each other. Um, we're always telling ourselves our story. It's our self-talk, our inner monologue, whatever you want to call that. Yeah, but we're not always actually, often we're not in tune with that. It's more of a whisper, but it's still affecting how we feel. So to be concrete, uh, one example Aguilar gives in her book is from her first year of teaching. She was completely overwhelmed, probably how most of us are feeling right now as we're approaching Thanksgiving and COVID is raging. Um, she started to think, I'll never make it through the year, I'm a total failure. This is impossible, there's no way I can keep teaching. So how, did she how does she suggest we handle um, that self-talk? Well, she literally told herself to shut up. She likes to use colorful language to scare away her negative self-talk. So we're gonna talk more about that in a moment. Um, but the idea is that we need to take talk back and possibly reform our self-talk. Um, we need to change and challenge it when it's negative like that. And you might be thinking when you heard that example, like, hey, I've been there, like it does feel impossible and it's not wrong to think those things. Um, and that brings up a good point because there's something else you may have heard of when you're talking about your thoughts. Um, mindfulness is a phrase, whether or not it's on your TV on a commercial for a mental health mindfulness app or somewhere else, you've probably heard of mindfulness. Um, and we're gonna talk more about mindfulness in future episodes. We can't cover everything in a single episode. Um, but one of the basic elements of, of mindfulness is learning to be present in the moment. And that means getting in tune with your thoughts, your emotions and your senses, being more aware of all of that and what's going on right now. And also learning to just quote unquote, you know, notice things, accept things and let things go without judgment. So when you have thoughts, for example, that trigger your anxiety, if you're approaching it from a mindfulness lens, you learn to get better at just releasing those. So you let them just flow by you and not have the, the thoughts and the stories you're telling yourself affect you as much. You just learn to let it go. And 
if you were listening to me explain that, you might have been thinking, well, you know, Elena Aguilar or Christina Aguilera, I'm <laughs> having a trouble letting that go. Elena Aguilar <laughs> is telling, telling her thoughts to shut up. And then the mindfulness circles are saying, well, we're supposed to just let those thoughts go. So you may be thinking, is that conflicting advice? And the best short little button explanation that, that I've read on this is referencing the serenity prayer. So that um, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Um, so when it comes to our thoughts, there's just different tools that we have. Mindfulness and learning to just notice and let things go is one of them. And then it is okay to talk back to our thoughts when they're not kind thoughts, not a nice story, a helpful story that we're telling ourselves. So that's the part where it's like the wisdom to know the difference. And we just, it's part of our resilience. We get better and better at developing that wisdom. Um, but yeah, we're, we're not judging ourselves for those um, unhelpful stories that pop into our heads. It's okay to challenge them though. Um, and we're gonna talk more about um, ways that we can challenge those thoughts, interrogate those thoughts, and tell ourselves a different, more helpful story. Right, so let's use a concrete example. Say that a parent emails you asking to meet tomorrow and doesn't give details. Um, it's relatable, especially right now, because so much of our communication is nonverbal, no facial expressions, no voice tone, no body language. Yeah, that's driving me absolutely crazy, um, because when I just read an email or get a text without those nonverbals or any like, expression. I can't tell what someone really means and I just ruminate on it because you read into things so much more. It's driving me nuts. Absolutely. Um, so one way to look at the parent example would be, what did I do now? He's probably upset about something I said to his kid. Now I'm going to have to start my day talking to an upset parent. Another way to look at it would be, I wonder what's going on. I hope everything's okay with his kid. Maybe he wants to meet because he missed the last conference. It would be really good to connect. So the story we're telling ourselves about what happened, so the interpretation we have of that event can make us more or less resilient. And sometimes our thoughts are not our friends. So again, we need to challenge them and talk back to them. And what we're looking to figure out um, when we talk back to our thoughts is, does this hold up to scrutiny? Like if I scrutinize this thought and the story I'm telling myself, does it hold water? Does the evidence support what I'm thinking? Is this rational? So I sometimes like to think about Columbo. He's my personal favorite detective from TV. Everyone has their personal favorite detective from TV, but he, you know, scrutinizes stories that he's being told. So he's just like, well, just one more thing, you know, before I move on, just one more thing. Um, so like you can talk back and scrutinize your own thoughts, just like that, the story that you're telling yourself. Yeah, there are certain kinds of unhelpful stories. Um, some might call them distorted thoughts that we tell ourselves. So let's talk about those. But before we do, um, just know, like, we don't want to overwhelm people when we're talking about these. So we want to frame it correctly. And like, I personally have been attending PD sessions and reading and learning about these different kind of buckets we can put our unhelpful stories into for years. And it's not like I don't spend my day picking apart my own thoughts, labeling them, cataloging them. Um, we're not suggesting that you do that. Um, so when you listen to these kinds of unhelpful stories that we're going to talk about, what we would really like you to do is just keep an open ear and, and look for what resonates with you. So you're gonna probably hear one or two if you're anything like the three of us and be like, yep, I do that, that's me. <laughs> um, so we are gonna after this talk about like four different kinds of ways that we can talk back and question and challenge these thoughts. So just listen for what resonates with you and just know we're gonna talk about helpful things after this. 
Right, so the first one we'll talk about is black and white thinking. So this is all or nothing. Um, it uses words like always, never, every, there's no shades of gray there. Um, my principal never tells me anything I do well, or I'm a total failure because I said something I shouldn't have said during a meeting. And I know I'm that one always resonates with me when I read it. Like it's such an easy thing to fall into. Um, uh, another one is jumping to conclusions. This one also really resonates with me. Um, there's different things that we do here. Uh, reading minds is one, kind of being like a mind reader um, or fortune telling. So like I can predict the future. Um, and I've worked with a lot of students, not, to, I mean, we're focusing on adult resilience here, but this one just, I always think of students who really quickly jump to a conclusion. You know, when I would like ask like, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? And then they instantly have read my mind or pretend, I thought that they could and figured out what I'm going to say before I say it. And often they're not correct. <laughs> often I was just going to say like, hey, good job. Um, but anyway, um, so one example of jumping to conclusions could be like my principal stopped by my classroom unexpectedly. Um, I know I'm going to get in trouble for something and get chewed out for something. Um, and sometimes, I mean, the point is sometimes we are right about these things. So like sometimes you do notice someone giving you a certain glance during a meeting, for example, and you're, you're reading their nonverbals correctly. And like, there is something there, but sometimes we're, we're wrong and we're not accurate. So it's, it's that like, does it hold up to scrutiny? Um, is this really an accurate story? The next one is unrealistic expectations or shoulds. Um, we can get really upset at ourselves because we've set a bar for ourselves or for our life in general. Um, this should or this shouldn't be happening. Um, we often blame ourselves and others for things that we can't control or things that are not in our control. That one is so me, for sure. <laughs> oh, next one is discounting the positive. Um, so explaining away things that are positive and focusing just on the negatives. Um, if we get a compliment, anybody could have done it or today was a fluke. And uh, catastrophizing is another one. Um, so always seeing the worst case scenario, like instantly when an idea comes up, um, it's like you're jumping to the worst case scenario and really dwelling on that and having a hard time seeing the other possibilities. So this will never work is a story you might be telling yourself automatically. Um, the next one is emotional reasoning. So believing our feelings are our facts. If we feel nervous about an idea, it must be a bad one. Um, and then the last one is personalization. So if anything goes wrong, it must be my fault. If a meeting is rescheduled for a time that doesn't work for me, then they were doing it just to annoy me. So, wow, you know, just take a breath or two. Um, we just listed all those kinds of unhelpful thoughts. Again, we didn't want to overwhelm you and we don't want the takeaway from the episode to be like, oh, in order to be resilient, I have to spend all this time thinking about my thoughts and labeling them. Um, it's not about that. But we do want to end the podcast by talking about the four kinds of talk back questions that we could ask ourselves if we suspect that we're telling ourselves an unkind story that's going to make us less resilient. So the first uh, way that we can talk back to ourselves is doing a reality check. So some examples of the questions you might ask yourself are like, it, are my thoughts based on facts? Like, what do I know for a fact that I can verify that's going to tell me if I'm, if I'm being accurate or not? Um, just am I jumping to negative conclusions? Like, is there anything else that could be going on to explain this? Um, how can I find out if my interpretation, the story that I'm telling myself is accurate? Who could I, who could I ask or what could I learn? Absolutely. We can also look for alternate explanations. So are there other ways to look at the situation that's going on? Um, if I were thinking positively, how would I perceive the situation? The next one is getting perspective. 
So is the situation really as bad as I think it is? Um, what is the worst thing that could happen and how likely is that? Um, and then what is the best thing that could happen? And then will this matter in five years? And then we can also uh, talk about our goals. So does this thinking help me reach my goals? What can help me solve the problem? And then what can I learn from the situation? And if you're interested in these, these are the kinds of things that are good to build into your habits, these kind of questions, I think. Um, we do have a poster with those four kinds of questions on it that we'll link into the show notes. So you might consider printing that off and putting it near your workspace. Um, just as a little reminder of this kind of habit you're trying to build, just trying to get a little bit more aware of our thoughts and know uh, when to talk back to them and how to talk back to them. Um, so let's talk takeaways. So the stories that we tell ourselves, again, affect how we feel. And sometimes we tell ourselves unkind stories and those stories are not our friends. Stories that hurt our resilience and our ability to weather the storm that we're going through. We talked about different kinds of unhelpful stories, um, but you don't have to go and try to point out every unhelpful thought you've had and put a label on it. Um, maybe just recognize one or two kinds of unhelpful stories and you're like, hey, that's me, that's what I do. <laughs> and when you notice them in the future, you can engage in mindfulness and let them go. And we're gonna talk more about mindfulness later, like I said, um, but don't beat yourself up and judge yourself for having those thoughts. They're, they're automatic. You, um, you don't have control over it, the stories that pop into your head. Um, but it's also okay to just talk back to them, to question them, to reframe them. Um, it sometimes helps to see them as stories, something that's not you. They're not me. They're just the stories that I'm telling myself. Um, and just because it's the first story that pops into your head, that doesn't make it right or accurate. Um, it doesn't make it helpful. It doesn't make it kind. So we talk all the time about self-love and self-compassion, and that's really important. So let's let's think about and try and tell ourselves stories that are real and accurate, but also stories that empower us and make us more resilient. So thank you for spending time with us today. Make sure to subscribe. And if you're on YouTube, click the bell so you're notified when each new episode is released every week. Um, we'll see you back when you come back for another slice of SEL. And we hope to see you next week when we have our very first guest on the podcast, Nicole Woodward. Yes, Nicole is our amazing director of special education at SCRED. And she's going to talk to us about our theme for this year, which is grace, grit, and growth. So we'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.